Hello, I'm Andrea Graham and welcome to Mumsy Thoughts, the podcast. Here to inform, inspire and transform the minds of mothers. And today, I'm in conversation with Alison Tipping and Rachel Carter as they share their story of love, support, sisterhood, strong friendship, motherhood, whilst raising two daughters of dual heritage. This is how you reconcile now, it. Yeah. I'm asking you, you ladies, how? Because I just think to myself, it's it's amazing. How did you navigate then, for yeah. want of a better word, your yeah. daughter's mindsets? Just this is it, this is really to, yes. to embrace their culture or their cultures. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, it is. This? I mean, it is. You know, Looking these these now, are challenging you, questions. Yeah. yeah. They're really challenging I questions. To, I, I just want to add that yeah. there was a there was a not a poem a saying she her dad said you know i'm black and proud and he was teaching her she was really young she said i'm black and proud but there was something else to it that there's some i can't remember how it goes the i'm black and proud and then i looked up and i said but try as i might i'm a little bit white and it became her thing i'm black and proud but try as i might i'm a little bit white yeah and that yeah. that is in fact i think it's on her instagram it is isn't on her it? Instagram. um that has become who she is I'm yeah. black and proud, but I'm also white. Yeah. I don't know now. That was when she was younger. Yeah. Now you can't. Can you be one? Th- can she feel one thing and the other? No. I think she has joined up and she's yes. being something else. Yes. And that is yes. the same with your daughter. Her. Yeah. Her. That they have come into that situation. They have come yeah. into the identity yes. of who yes. they are. Yes. Yes. And the other thing, Alison, is that your husband, who is also my daughter's godfather, godfather. took quite a lot of responsibility about their their understanding. Yes. So he is I would say he he he's has a very strong sense of his own historical his political history and his cultural history and so he actually he instilled in them and he worked with them to understand he did more than you know and they you know that was really really important so in a sense what you do is have these significant people around you who can help you navigate you yeah. use the words navigate yeah i think that's what we've equipped them with and mm. and there is no question i mean you've right. met them andrea yeah. <laughs> they're very strong they are confident <laughs> confident and as they would describe brown girls yes and they have no sense of you know they know where they're going yeah they both are on a on their own journey yeah. and and i think that's that's you know that's where i i have come in is is saying you know in a way my husband did the other stuff i couldn't do that it it was alien to me so right. therefore i was a woman yeah. i had been brought up by a strong woman who had instilled in me, you have to be independent, right. you have to earn your own money, you must yeah. never rely on anyone else. And I have and continue to instill that in my daughter. So she, you know, she's only at university now, but she yeah. is very independent, very strong. Yes. So I would say I haven't had, you know, when you say, you know, how have you brought up dual parentage, yeah. um, you know, uh, children, I've instilled with in her what, what what I believe the tools she needs and the only tools I can provide her 
is for her to be strong and independent and be kind and and thoughtful and etc etc but i cannot install her with a tool to help her cope with her color because it's not something i have experienced does right. that make sense so well, what it, i'm hearing from yeah. you so yeah, yeah. what i'm hearing from even both of you is that the cult the culture so when you say mm. that you haven't been able to bring her to, up to what did you say to, to do something to, to do with her color what did you just say yeah well i haven't been able to give her the the, the tools of how to cope with racism let's say with right, racism okay. because right, okay. i've never experienced it right. um on that side do, do you say what I do. Yeah, yeah yeah but what okay. yeah so just things are coming out at okay. me and what's coming out at me is your experiences of right so you have the support in relation to instilling in your daughter's culture from your husband's family yes indeed indeed and your next door neighbor Helps yes. tremendously in helping you to instill yeah. support and, yes. and others and, 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 and the community. And yeah, and yeah. the community. I think yeah. there's with, a community the that yes. responds to that, and it's education. Yeah. It's sort yes. of that whole sort yeah. of network you have around you. So tell me, do you think it's about culture or do you think it's about colour? Very good question. From my point of view, it was always about culture. It was about knowing and for her to learn about the different cultures because I, because I couldn't teach her about colour. Yeah. I, and I couldn't, I didn't have any comment about colour other than it's not important, but it's easy for me to say that because I'm not being stopped by the police or whatever. I'm white. Yeah. So it's like, it's like words that don't really mean anything. See, Does I... That, I yeah? Yeah, it's an interesting point because I was really conscious. Yeah, that's interesting. Okay. But I had a different experience. So I was conscious that it was important for my daughter to have experience that wasn't about my experience. So it, to expose her, and I think... To expose her to... To different... Um, I mean, it's a, different experiences that, that enabled her to understand herself more. I mean who I talked about, she lived in... So your next-door neighbour who you who, talked yeah. about? She moved to and lived in a high-rise block, uh, block at the back of Kilburn. My daughter would go there, um, and she would come back and go and say, why hasn't, you know, everybody should have a garden, everybody should have a house. And I realised at that point, her, her experience was a very much a sort of privilege, privileged upbringing, you know, it wasn't the archetypal single parent family. I was earning very good money. Yeah. Um, we had au pairs. We, okay. you know, she had a whole, but all the time I was trying to ensure that she had that cultural reference mm. that enabled her to understand more about her own identity. And so I would take her to plays. I would take her to, um, or give her books to read. You know, you can't. You have to be careful, don't you? But by the same tone, by the same mm. time, yeah. you have to enable them to 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 understand the cultural references and understand who they are. But as I say, when we moved to the south coast, it was a whole different ball game. And that suddenly, I think that. I mean, she really wanted to move, mm. and she because you'd already mm. moved, and she really wanted to come down here. But I think no. There was no way of preparing her for that shock of going into a classroom and there was nobody else like you. Yeah. 
and they're all you know we came from a sort of area of London that was quite edgy yeah and <laughs> you know as you said she was eight my daughter was four when she came down yes. so she was yes. used to living yeah. in a yeah whatever and I think is, yeah for my daughter it was a shock and not one she could articulate so I don't think she ever it's only in her I mean she's 20 now her talking about that yeah is making me realize that actually how much of a shock it was to her that she stood out she was different and you know I there's a certain amount of guilt and you think well how could I have prepared you differently um, did I do the right thing but also what happened was she her, her growing up slowed down dramatically I think she was becoming more streetwise in London and and then suddenly here everybody was still playing with dolls and she was eight at the time yeah she was eight the day we moved yeah, yeah. it was her actual birthday um, so you know and, and where we live, there are various organisations and communities that support, particularly dual heritage, mixed race young people. Um, I took her to some events, but you just have to you just have to follow your instinct and navigate and just be conscious. It's about consciousness. Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of talk now about unconscious bias and how people are, are have deeply rooted views but don't necessarily recognize that and I suppose I was conscious at the time that I needed to keep ensuring there was that connection and that exposure and sort of that she could articulate and understand her own circumstances yeah okay tell me what you think about this quote from a young lady who is also of dual heritage and just some points that she brought out. Tell me what you think about this. I'm going to read you two paragraphs, but we'll do the first one first and just hear your thoughts. So she said, biracial children oftentimes feel that they must choose one culture over the other. A child of African-American and Caucasian dis- descent specifically may feel uncomfortable around Caucasian children or vice versa. Although technically they are part of that race there is still an unspoken divide that makes them feel like an outcast. What do you think can be done? Is this an American article? This is an American article. I think that's interesting in itself. Okay. Because I think there's particular issues in America and and still issues. But then, as I've said about unconscious bias, I think we don't talk about it. It's all very polite. Yes. British society, mm. things yeah. are thought, yeah. but they're not necessarily articulated. So what I would say, forcing a young person to make a choice is mm. is they shouldn't ever be in that situation. And I'd say for my daughter, she's increasingly identifying herself as brown. And she talks about her friends as the brown girls. And I have a friend who is my age, who's also mixed, and she she lived in this area as a child yeah and she says oh god i wish these girls were around when i was young i was you know and most of my daughter's friends are similar to her Mm. and so she you know you find your your group don't you yeah you find the people that you relate to and you identify Mm. with so i think they they are very very able to fight to define who they are i don't think i think 
the, the perceived view that society is going to somehow impose on them a definition or a description, I think they're beyond that. So I, I think, think they that is really it. interesting you've said that, because, yeah, they are beyond that because they can stand up for themselves yeah, now. they are. But, but, and I think they can stand up for themselves now because we have instilled them strength and, and, and understanding and whatever because that's what we could do. Yeah, yeah. yeah? So what, what would you say to the mother whose child is feeling this way that I've just read? So it feels like, um, though technically they are part of that race, there is still an unspoken divide that makes them feel like an outcast. So there's a mother that's sitting and listening to us right now and thinking, yeah, but Alison and Rachel, you know, okay, so I might have missed up um, some years ago and I haven't quite got to that place where I've poured into my, to my daughter the strength, et cetera, because I just wasn't at that place myself. What would you say to that woman now, that mother now, um, where, you know, it's never too late to start, is it? But what could she do I know, now? and I'm really conscious that we're sitting here yeah. and, and, and you and I both, money, you know, not had loads of money, but it's not been yeah. a massive challenge. I mean, it, it was when I initially moved down here because I wasn't working, but I made that choice. Um, I think it's, it's exposing young people to difference and to experience. And um, the word I want to use is resilience. And that is really, really important that a young person understands that they, they, they can own their own identity and that it doesn't necessarily, um, you know, they can be, the difference is important, is important, but actually they can celebrate that. It sounds trite and, you know, if somebody's really struggling, um, it's about reaching out and communities seem able to support people right so um, get some support yeah yeah maybe get some yeah. support and talk to to others i think there's I, i'm assuming there's lots of online support it's very different from 20 years ago mm. i suspect now um but it's it's not an easy question to answer really. yeah i don't know do you have yeah. any view i have to do it based on my own my own experience would be and and, and as, as you've just said I, I don't know I can't put myself in someone else's shoes all I can say is that person that child you're talking to is is a child in their own sense and okay, it doesn't matter and I, I feel terrible saying this, but it doesn't matter what colour there is, they are. What do they? Who are they? How can they be them? Yes. You know, we've we're we're in a generation now where gender is is it, it, every child is questioning their own gender, let alone their colour, let alone their race. So strip all that back. How do you feel? How can we make you happy? How, will, how can we make you happy? What will make you happy? What is it you want to do? Ignore everything else. What do you want to do? How can I make that happen for you? How yeah. can I help it? Never mind. Never mind anything else. And it's almost like little steps. It's, it's, it's stripping it back down to the, the identity of that child. And what we want them to be and what they want to be is happy. So how can we make you happy? You know, if 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 the issue is I don't understand, I you know I don't understand this. Let's go and find out about it. Or 
I just want to go and play football. Or whatever it is. But I, I yeah. think there's something you know about I mean? role models and about people identifying and finding Absolutely. people who yes. are like yes. you. Yes, And it's looking for the help. And the help being not necessarily, as, as you yeah. say, just a book or something. It's finding a, a, a mentor, a model. Or well, or the mentoring, I mean, it's a really interesting mm. point because I think that's what many young people lack. And I, you know, bear in mind, I work in quite a political environment. I'm not going to say, say what I do. Yeah. Um, but there is that need, and mentoring is the sort of key word at the moment in all sorts of different ways. But yeah. actually, if you have somebody as a mentor who understands you as a person, understands your journey and your experience, and is, you know, definition of mentoring is somebody who you, you, you can pass on your knowledge, pass on your experience, and you're further along that path yeah. and I would say reflecting on it that if if somehow to try and find a mentor for that young person right. who yes. then yes. understands their experience yeah. understands where they're at and yeah. they can use language and have an honest and real exchange where it helps that that would be my yeah. strongest advice join me next week as I continue in conversation with Rachel and Alison as they share in more depth about love support sisterhood strong friendship motherhood whilst raising two children of dual heritage